What's up, weebs? This is Nick Rotaco coming at you with your weekly anime TikTok update, where I throw out some of my thoughts, questions, concerns, and ridiculous opinions on the deep ocean of anime content flooding my TikTok for you page. Now, if you haven't delved into the never-ending chasm of anime content on TikTok, then you are truly missing out. The wide range of content more than thoroughly covers all interest groups, from you fight animation mashup nerds to you devilish anti-pervs. So, let's break it down. This week's conversation, the new AMV. TikTok has provided a beautiful new gateway into the concept of AMVs. No more hunting through YouTube, people. Just open this garbage app and wreck your retinas to a never-ending flow of quick-hitting, perfectly edited anime music videos. From tearjerkers to insane fight mashups to videos that just get you all in your feels, we have got it all. Just like the videos or share them with your friends if you want to continue the flow on your page. You just got to keep swiping up. And now, when I say it never ends, I mean it never ends. And my question for you weebs is this. Do we like it or no? Do we prefer the old school, multiple minutes long AMVs that people spent hours and hours putting together and editing these, these gorgeous large works of art? Or do we like this new, quick hitting, less than a minute, easily shareable, you know, viral style of content? Please write into the show email address with your thoughts, comments, questions, all the above. Now, to finish up, I give you this week's controversy. I've come across multiple videos now discussing the over-sexualization of anime characters and animated characters in general. There have been a lot of videos made on TikTok discussing who we all think has the biggest schlong out there in the anime world, and this has received a lot of clapback down in the comments section of the videos, and rightfully so. However, I have to say I was a bit annoyed that this was the particular video getting the traction. I mean, we can't have a reverse conversation about female anime characters now, can we? We all know how big their outrageously large boobs are the second that we see them on screen. I mean, the over-sexualization of female anime characters has been normalized. Well, quite a lot of clapback has been received with the over-sexualization of male characters. So, I am calling BS. A double standard is ridiculous and, and it's so out of touch with our modern woke culture. And I have an easy and fairly obvious fix. Now, we already know that anime boobs are ridiculously large and physically just non-functional. So, if your first thought is to start animating boobs down to normalish physiological sizes, then I'd have to say that you are totally wrong. If we are going to buy into this concept with female characters, then why not just do it with male characters too? I vote we give every anime dude a giant bulge to match his female counterparts on screen. Now this should quell most of the who's bigger convos, and soon it should match the over-sexualization levels with female anime characters. But, I mean, hey, I don't know. What do we think, guys? Because I'm not the weebs. You are. See you next week. <laughs>
and welcome back to Weebo Weekly, an anime podcast diving into all of the news you need to know from the Weeby world and perhaps slightly beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Reese, and I am joined, as always, by the man with a million figurines, Steve the Save Point Cosplayer. Joe, it may actually be a million and one figurine soon. Did I show you this Nino figure that I've been thinking of buying? Yeah, you did. My life was changed forever. God, you know, I had the chance to start buying a set of all of the quintessential quintuplets figures, but then I realized, given my keen eye and my expensive taste, I'd be spending over $500 probably (laughs) to get a whole set. But then I think, again, we got some Biden bucks coming in soon. So, I mean, I need to stimulate the economy. So I, I may justify it through that. Oh, trust me. One of the one of trust me, one of the news stories this week will be telling talking to about how I'm going to be spending my Biden bucks whenever I get those. So have no fear. We, we're all spending Biden bucks to maybe not stimulate the right economy. We're stimulating the Japanese economy with our Biden bucks. Look, it's going to some it's giving to someone. It's going to help someone out there. Someone's making that plastic for all the plastic for these figures. Someone's making that. I will say, you did show me this Nino figurine. Of course, Nino, one of the five sisters from the quintessential quintuplets, a show very much at the height of our minds right now. Nino, and we'll get into this when we rate him in a, in a couple weeks. Nino, not my favorite from the first season, has since maybe become my favorite just because of how good the character development has been in the show. I will say, though, the figurine is long-haired Nino. She recently cut her hair. Short-haired Nino, clearly superior to long-haired Nino. You know, I actually have to agree with that. If you asked me, like, in a a separate form, do you like anime girls with short hair or long hair? I'd say, on average, probably long hair. But I agree with you. Short hair Nino, much better. Maybe it's the little, like, ribbon she has in her hair that maybe accentuates it a little bit better with her short hair. But, yeah, I'm sticking with you. And a customary moment of respect, of course, to the man who, for the first time in months, maybe the first time in a year, got excited about anime this week, Steve. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that in some of our pre-sort-of-what-we've-been-watching sort of things. But he got excited. He is, that, of course, the forever-unseen third character of this podcast, the man who has a fairy tale tattoo yet has never finished the show, who has sworn off anime forever, but he did it this week. He is, of course, Alex. We talking about Skate? Because he really, I think he really enjoyed uh, when we were watching back uh, Adam being amazing in Skate. I think he was having a good time. Oh, he likes skate for sure. I, he, he's popped in a little bit on skate, but no, I'm not, I'm not talking about skate. I'm talking about... He has been very hyped for the recently announced season two of Devil is a Part-Time. Oh, yeah, I have that actually on my list, too, if you want me to get into that. We can get into it, because I'd love to get into it. I'm surprised this didn't just straight up make the weeb week that was, because I feel like this is a pretty big announcement, given the gap between seasons. But tell me more, because you're probably better versed in this show than I am. So, surprisingly, I have not seen this show. That is That surprises me a lot. But I will say the ad campaign is very strong, because for some reason, one of their, either their fan accounts or maybe official accounts, decided to tweet at me through a, or reply to a tweet that was Four years ago what? that I made in 2017 when I was asking people, hey, I just finished some anime. 
what what do you think I should watch next? This tweet pops into my feed yesterday saying, hey, I think you should be excited for Devils a Part-Timer Part 2. And I'm like, what the hell is this? How, are they scrumming the entire Twitter universe and just blasting out people? Hey, you looking for a new anime? Fucking nerd. How would you watch Devil as a part-time? Why don't you catch up right now? It's been eight years. That's got to be it, where they, they just have must assume that everyone has forgotten about this show because it has been yeah that is kind of the surprising thing about this story that made me wonder why why it wasn't just a, a new story we're going to talk about this week but that's why i leave the organization of the dock to steve the safe point cosplayer but uh yeah it's been eight years since season one so that's quite a gap that's my question i know people like this show i've heard alex talk about this show alex likes this show i've never seen this show it is of course a reverse isekai it is about someone from a fantasy world coming instead to our world still not my still not my jam were people are were people clamoring for this is this a show people are gonna be excited to get a season two of given the reaction i've seen online it seems like it. I, I can't think... I'm trying to think of another show which has had such a long hiatus where everyone thought was dead. Not dead, but like the story finished and it's like, bam, no, actually we're making a season two. It's happening. I'm I, I'm trying to think of a, another show that would just... Try, I mean, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having a difficulty because it's so rare. No, I... I had the same question and I did some Googling around. I didn't really find too many examples of what you're talking about where, yeah, the season seems very self-contained. It seems like a very, you know, sort of episodic show. It doesn't seem like there's too much of an overarching plot to devil is a part-timer. Certainly you have many shows that take long breaks, but that's usually I feel to allow the manga to tell a little bit more of the story to then catch up. Attack on Titan famously did that, of course, taking four years in between season one and season two when, like, that should have been immediate, immediate hit. I think even, like, something like Mob Psycho 100, there was a big gap between season one and season two for that. Don't remember off the top of my head, but I think it might have been in the, in the three to four year range. But usually that's to, like again, allow the source material to go somewhere so that then they don't have to like go into the sort of old school trappings of making up filler. But this seems different. This would be like if... Cowboy Bebop was like, hey, we're coming yeah, up with a sure, season two. Sure, it's like, where, yeah, sure. what is it? where is this coming from? Okay. Yeah, because everyone knew, well, I won't say everyone, but I think it was justifiably assumed that Mob Psycho 100 was getting a sequel, a second season. But no one was expecting this. No. No, they were not, given, given like you said, the reaction on the internet just being like all. I've just seen tweets of people putting it out in all caps. What? Devil is a part-timer season two? Like, yeah, it just didn't seem to be on anybody's radar. Let's see, the original season was so... handled by White Fox. I'm not familiar with their work. Mm. Do you know that off the top of your head? I know the name. I almost want to say ReZero. <laughs> let me let me take a look. White Fox. They have made uh, Shirabako, it looks like. Oh, no, you are right. They have made ReZero. Mine is a fucking steel trap, Steve. It's a steel trap. <laughs> oh, they made Steinsgate. 
Mm. Wow. Yes. Okay. There you go. Okay. So this is a good studio. This is a good studio. This is a studio that puts out quality quality stuff that people people respond to. And they've they've just been they've just been saving up. They've been saving up their money. They're gonna blow their budget on Devil is a Part Timer season two. Goblin Goblin Slayer. That had actually Devil is a Part Timer. That had to be one of their first projects they've worked on. I'm looking at this. I'm going way back. Oh yeah, 2013. Well, Steins Gate. When did, okay, I mean Steins Gate. Steins Gate was 2000. Wow. Okay, so let me take that back. Steins Gate was their one of their first major projects. That was 2011. Wow. Yeah. Start with a banger. Mm-hmm. Did they do Steins Gate Zero as well, or was that a different studio? They did do Steins Gate Zero. Gotta watch that someday. I would be interested to see what you think about it. It is definitely slow. I think it's it's good in the end because it does act once it pieces everything together, just like with all time travel. Once it pieces it together, like whoa, this is crazy. But I have to say, like it's it's a it's pretty slow going in the first half. The first Steins Gate is pretty slow going too, honestly. Yeah, but I guess the difference is that in Steins this is not spoilers. Um, Steins Gate Zero is essentially the bad timeline, so you have Rintaro. Um, being very uh, emo, emo the entire time and very sad and doesn't want he's not he, you know uh, he's not his crazy mad scientist self I mean you're coming to Steinsgate you're watching it you're coming for our Lord and Savior Mamoru Miyano and you're not getting that type I mean he's getting a very more somber type of performance in Steinsgate Zero I come to Steinsgate for do <laughs> no, you don't. Well, you be well. Actually, you'll be. Well, actually, no. She actually is a little bit, but she's also pretty quiet and solemn too. In the in that uh, in Steins Gate Zero, everyone's sad. Everyone's a mess. Steve, you finished Don Machi season three, and does this mean that we have to edit? Do we have to post two months away? Edit our great, our best anime of twenty twenty. Do we have to? Do we have to rethink some things? I finally finished. Is it wrong to pick up Girls in a Dungeon season three? I will forever say that title means absolutely nothing what the show is about. And some great fights. I mean, I kept teasing you throughout the finale saying like, whoa, this is some good fights. Um, Yeah, it kind of ended much higher than I thought. Because as you remember, folks, if you're listening to the beginning of Weeb Weekly, I was getting through. And the beginning was... Not as uh, exciting. It was pretty slow going, but as soon as the plot started to pick up, once we started getting into some of the more cataclysmic fights, uh, it really paid off. Um, Bell Crane and Eyes Wallenstein's relationship has definitely improved. I would love to see what they're going to do for the four, fourth season, and there's totally going to be a fourth season, because why? I, I feel like once you get past season three, sky's the limit. There's no stopping you. I mean, I, I would say everything usually gets to a season one or a season two curse, and after that, it's like, are if you're able to get past that, you can you can go up to a hundred episodes. No, nothing stopping you. And I was actually taken away by a heel turn a character had which i did not expect at all and usually in these shows nothing's surprising you this one did surprise me 
Um, is it my <laughs> is it really my favorite anime of 2020? No, of course not. But um, I it ended stronger than I expected. Well, that's good. I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoy that. Some of the things you're telling me, it does seem like it gets into some cool sort of political intrigue type stuff with the world. It seems like it does some interesting world building. So it does seem like it's sort of like deepening that stuff. I don't know. Do I watch the first two seasons to get to that? I, you know, I feel like what I would want to show you is just a recap of some of the best fights in Don Machi because you're going to hate the rest of it. <laughs> It, it is definitely, I mean, this, the third season reminds me a little bit of the current rumblings Emma has in Promised Neverland about killing the demons and monsters because it is very similar where they discover in season three that all of the monsters they've been fighting, that some of them are sentient and just want to live a peaceful lives. So that is it wrong to actually kill them? Um, should they be given a chance? Can they coexist in the end? Uh, the answer is no. They they are savage beasts that have to be slaughtered. But, you know, getting there is pretty cool. Well, I can't tell you what I've been watching yet, Steve. But have no fear. We will circle back around to this later on in this episode. A little tease what for could you. What be? What could... Are you watching you. something that you're embarrassed for to you. tell me? Oh, no, I'm not embarrassed at all. It's just not the right time, Steve. It's not the right time. So instead, I'll just say I'll just say blanketly, there's no way Attack on Titan can end badly. There's no way. I don't know, man. I, I, there's a, they got a lot to do, and there is still no confirmation of season two. Or part two, part two. Because they don't have to. They can just, they can just, they can just take a break and come back whenever they want. Mappa can do whatever they want, you know what I mean? I got Jujutsu Kaisen going right now. They can do whatever they want. The latest episode was, well, man, I mean, I really don't want to talk anything about Attack on Titan because it is such a hot topic, and I have to save it for also later in the podcast. A lot of people, we're giving you some breadcrumbs right now. We're, we're doing this. This is an old trick right now for you to continue to listening to the podcast. You got to hold on for the good stuff. But um, for Attack... No, there's no spoilers for what I have to say. But for Attack on Titan, again, folks, if this is your first time listening at the beginning, we had a bet of um, our top predictions for 2021. And one of mine is that Attack on Titan will end terribly akin to the final season of Game of Thrones, which has been lambasted as being a terrible finale. I don't want that to happen for Attack on Titan, but I think there is so much happening and so many beloved characters that the anime may have to rush to try and cram all of the items that's present in the manga. And at this time, I'm going to say at on March 8th, as we're recording, there is no confirmation of a part two. Could be. I want to know when they confirmed. Maybe we can get a Google search on this at, at some point. I want to know when they confirmed. Maybe I'll do it while you're reading a story at some point. When did they confirm the different parts for season three? Because that has been your big sticking point. And we went back and double-checked that the opening... Because you've been, you've been like, opening credits doesn't say part one, doesn't say part one. When we went back to season three, 
the season three opening credits for the first half nor the second half explicitly said part one, part two. It was all just season three. So they took a break, sure, but did they announce that, you know, well ahead of time? Or was it just like, you know, as they got to the end, did they just kind of say, hey, by the way, you know, this is this is the end of the first half. We're going to pick up the second half at a later date, whenever that later date was. I think we do have to do some research. However, I still find it weird that they would call it the final season and not season four, even though it is the final season. But if you're saying final season, I feel like calling it final season part two is kind of weird. That's what Breaking Bad did, man. Remember when Breaking Bad's final season aired? They they took like over a year in, but they did eight episodes and then they took over a year off and then did the other eight episodes, but it was all season five. It was all the final season, Steve. This is the Breaking Bad of anime. This is not the Game of Thrones. This is the Breaking Bad of anime. I can only hope you're right. That's all I will say. The only thing we've been going through, again, is that the our original assumption, which I believe was covered, was that the manga would be finishing at the same time as the anime. Now, Maybe they maybe there is some type of mistranslation of that the final part the the finale of part one would end during the manga actually concluding itself. Who knows? It's possible. All I will say is if if Game of Thrones or not Game of Thrones, if Attack on Titan is going to have to rush to fit everything in then they need to kind of start rushing because these they have not been rushing through this season. This has been a very slow-paced, methodical last, like, four or five episodes. It's been very good. I've loved it. I thought this last episode was excellent. It started to kind of, like, all the pieces and all the conversations that have been having kind of seem to congeal into what's about to come in this episode. So... They are taking their time, it seems like. So I don't know if it eventually it's going to kick it into overdrive, but man, it it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's rushing through anything right now. Joe, we can't agree on one thing. Fuck Gabby. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. I I I liked her in this episode, I will say. We started to see some, you know, some character development, especially that line Armin had, but I won't I won't spoil anything. Other than that, We'll just kick it into the weeb week that was, I suppose. Because, speaking of MAPPA, MAPPA revealed a new show this week. They revealed Remain Water Polo TV anime with Tiger and Bunny Rider. Anime studio MAPPA, of course, who we were just talking about, doing the final season of Attack on Titan, did God of High School last year, did doing Jujutsu Kaisen currently. Great studio. Literally just killing it all over the place right now. They announced on Friday that it is producing a new original water polo television anime titled Remain, with Tiger and Bunny head writer Masafumi Nishida serving as co-creator, chief director, series script supervisor, and script writer for every episode, and audio director. The anime will premiere this year, MAPPA. Take a vacation. The anime's story centers on Minato, a boy who stopped playing water polo due to a certain incident in the winter of his third middle school year. He picks up the sport again with a new team when he starts in high school, but the fledgling team runs into many problems. Kiyoshi Matsuda from Kumamiko, Girl Meets Bear, and Kakagururi Season 2 is directing the anime at MAPPA under Nishida's supervision. Ayori Fujika 
is designing the original character concepts, and Shiho Tanaka, this is who I'm most excited about, Banana Fish episode animation director, whoo, that makes me excited, love Banana Fish, is adapting those designs for animation. Kana Utatane is composing the music. I love how we're getting, and no disrespect to anyone who plays water polo, because anyone who plays it, even like in school or in college or professionally is way better shape than me but i love how we're getting to like what other sports anime can we can we make what else haven't we covered when is the cricket anime tell me does it not exist i feel like that that one actually could exist i bet you're totally right i mean we spoke so much about rock climbing girls last year of course one of the shows we watched somehow all of last year and yeah no you're right uh, you know no disrespect to water polo players but it's it's not a mainstream sport we have no shortage of basketball anime or baseball anime or even volleyball anime at this point uh but no i cannot name another water polo anime off the top of my head so that in and of itself makes me excited the fact that it's coming from mappa who i adore i pretty much have enjoyed every single thing they have put out in the last few years yeah i'm on for the ride oh i'll definitely be watching this at least checking it out because i mean even the poster reminds me of free and they did not do free but mappa is familiar with sports anime they did yuri on ice to much acclaim everyone loves that and yuri on ice remind me that was also anime original wasn't it i believe so yes actually looking through here i actually pulled it up right now yeah it 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 is an original anime there is no uh manga based on it that's cool then certainly sports anime i feel like there aren't a ton of i mean first of all anytime you get an original anime is honestly kind of a cool thing because it doesn't happen as often as you as you might expect but an original sports anime, I find, yeah, that's that's always a little a little cool because I, I can't think of many others that are that are not based on something. The only one I could think of immediately is Code Geass, which is not based on a manga. <laughs> yes, okay, yes. But I was also like, not a sports anime. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't isn't ruling the world the greatest sport? They, they isn't play it the a most dangerous game? It is probably. Is it is probably the closest thing we have to a chess anime so <laughs> oh yeah well, where's the queen's gambit where's that anime well oh, wait wait hold on hold on hold on we do have march i was about like to say line. i was about Not to say chess but that is shogi, shogi which, which is... is commonly referred to as the japanese chess so yes you're right you're right but Yes, I was just fooling. <laughs> fooling people is the most dangerous sport you can do, and Lelouch is, it does it so well. Oh, come on, come on! Lelouch was right. Lelouch was right. Nunnally, still worse than Gabby. Uh, wow, Ga- Wow. Hmm. I mean, that's tough. They're both. Be- no, it's not. Really? No, it's not. I guess we don't know. Gabby. I mean, if Gabby just goes ahead and apologizes, maybe she can redeem herself. Gabby, I can see. Gabby, I do, I could see redeeming herself in some way. Gabby's also like, she's sticking a craw in Aaron's plan. You know, I certainly don't find Aaron. I like Aaron. I do like Aaron. A lot of people give Aaron crap, but I, I, I think Aaron's an interesting character, and he, they've done some really interesting things, especially this season. But he's not Lelouch. You know, you don't go against Lelouch. Lelouch was right. Be like D at heart. Lelouch was right. What about? Nunnally and Kathleen from Gibiate. Who I mean, who who's winning that fight? 
Kathleen is an idiot, but she's nice, you know? But she never was a th- a thorn in the side of any villain at all, unlike Nunnally holding on no, that scepter no. in the end. The, the key of, oh, the, was it the Damocles key? The, the sword, sword of Damocles. Damocles yeah, the sword yeah. of Damocles. Yeah, it's just like, nah, just get out of here. You want the world to be a better place? <laughs> Trust your older brother. Oh man, I I really gotta watch those spinoffs and additional movies. I I miss that world. Speaking of other worlds, though, Steve, this is a world I know you're excited about. Oh yeah, the next one we have Funimation to screen Violet Evergarden the movie on March 30th in the United States and in Canada. Funimation announced last Thursday that it will screen Kyoto Animation's Violet Evergarden, the movie, in select theaters on March 30th in the United States. The movie will screen in Japanese with English subtitles and pre-ticket sales go, or pre-sale tickets go on sale on March 19th. You can tell how excited I am by getting that uh, mixed up. For those who don't know, the film opened up in Japan in last September and ranked number two in its opening weekend. I am assuming that Demon Slayer probably beat everything, so that's why it's at number two. And is the first new Japanese film to open in Dolby Cinemas, with Do- uh, with Dolby Cinema screenings opening on November 13th last year. And also to remind everyone, Kyoto Animation postponed the film's opening in Japan due to concerns over the new coronavirus disease. It was supposed to come out last April, but was delayed. And the movie has won the Tokyo Anime Film Festival Award in February and the Japan Academy Film Prize Association for Excellence in Film and nominated for its anime Animation of the Year and its 44th Annual awards i am very excited for this because somehow i have not been spoiled about this movie and it is really the end of violet evergarden's story and i will say about evergarden personally probably one of my favorite anime in the past decade decade i'm putting a d on that i thought it was that good and this is supposed to kind of wrap everything up. I know, Joe, you haven't seen the additional movie that came out. Um, I was going to ask, because Violet Evergarden, the movie, I thought you had seen that. There is another movie, right? Yes, there is. I'm trying to get the title. If you give me five seconds. Oh, I will vamp and say, of course, I, I something of note, Tokyo Anime Film Festival. This movie won the animated film category. Of course, that would mean... That it beat Demon Slayer. Ooh, boy. Well, not, Demon Slayer can't be number one in everything. And it is called Violet Evergarden Eternity and the Auto Memory Doll. It is essentially a hour and a half episode. But that is not this. This is like an actual continuation. So that's a little bit more filler, and this is an actual continuation of the story? That is correct. It is supposed to solve or address what happened to Major Gilbert in the end. Did he survive or did not? Or he did not survive? Anyone listening to this, don't you dare tweet at me. I will find you and hunt you down. Don't tell me. Um, And also kind of just closing her arc of really uh, I don't want to say atoning for anything but kind of accepting who she is how she grew up she was in their essential world war one fantasy war world um and the horrors she experienced and has now become a 
I don't want to say a normal person because, you know, she has her own unique um, personality, but, you know, her able to adapt and become part of society given the, you know, her past where she grew up essentially feral, I think, because they, they, they do reference that. Like, they literally find her in, like, the woods or something and train her because she, she is, like, in that feral state to become a ultimate soldier essentially and you know eventually you know has to learn how to readapt into society so yeah i am incredibly excited for this and also interesting that it isn't coming to netflix i mean i'm assuming it will happen on netflix eventually it'll pop up on there but i guess netflix wanted to give the movie theaters a shot and say all right let's make some money because they're the ones who bankrolled it well you raise a good point because it, you know, in the article, and this is coming from Anime News Network, uh, Funimation is the one seemingly distributing this. Maybe it's a deal with Netflix, but I don't see Netflix mentioned anywhere in this article. So the fact that they're not mentioned, maybe it's a maybe it's a different deal. Maybe Funimation got rights to the movie uh, that they don't have for the TV show, and then maybe maybe it's a yeah like a later date. That it will, it's a delayed release to Netflix because of whatever deal Funimation has. I wouldn't be surprised if Funimation just has the distribution rights for Violet Evergarden. I am almost positive you can probably buy it on Blu ray, even though it is on Netflix. I know you can buy House of Cards on Blu ray. I'm like, I don't know why you would, but you know. You do see Netflix shows, I guess, for people who don't want to subscribe to Netflix but will, will buy it. Or maybe people who are just really love that type of show and are willing to put money down. Why not? But definitely we'll be seeing this. And what a perfect time, Joe. Movie theaters are finally Ooh. open in New York City. <laughs> it's taken almost a year. I think they're at 25% capacity, which means... We should be able to see this. You and we might be at a private showing of this movie. <laughs> There's going to be a race to get to this movie. All of the anime weebs have been waiting. Oh, can you imagine? Actually, slight tangent. When Evangelion comes to theaters, and if there's still and if there's still yeah restrictions, how packed those are going to be? Because there's only going to be one or two theaters in the all of the metropolitan area of New York City. Yeah, it's like always just the Times Square AMC. That's like the only theater where these anime movies come to. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a madhouse. Of course, we are recording this on Monday, March eighth, which is the day Evangelion three point plus one point We were we were remiss to not mention this at the beginning of the show. Has come out. It is released. Another movie. Please do not spoil this for me. Um, I want to. I want to find. I want to find. I want to. I want that head head case to happen to myself. But yeah. Oh my God. Like, hopefully, this does start to put a little bit of an impetus because there are so many anime movies that we just haven't seen yet that I want to see so badly. Demon Slayer, of course. Evangelion, of course. This Violet Evergarden. Yes. Really want to see this. Um, Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel 3, still haven't seen that. I bet I could find that through more nefarious means, perhaps. Because that has come out in America. Just not New York, because it was open. But that has released. 
we're watching Heaven's Field Part Three soon, baby. Um, but yeah, there's so many anime movies, and hopefully, hopefully this gives a little bit of a boost to them coming somewhere. Please, Joe, let me watch if we could this. only get one ticket to see Evangelion, who's going? How are we deciding this? Are we are we breaking a pool queue in half, and you know, have to like you know fight it out? We are going to. No, we can't leave one or the other behind. We're in too deep on this. We're tied too tight to this. There's only one thing we can do. We send Alex in by himself. (laughs) And then we have him come back. And on the podcast, he has to summarize the movie for us. Do we get to like get a reading on his arm if he gets goosebumps? Or something? Because remember, uh, when we were watching 3.0, his tattoo of fairy tale was puffing up because he was getting so anxious and nervous, but I didn't understand what was happening at all. But like, I don't know why, but this movie is making me nervous. Yeah, we'll we'll monitor all his vitals, and then he comes back and he summarizes the movie to us to the best of his ability. You know, I may want to wait for the Mega sixty four recap of it. I think. That also would be good, too. (laughs) Outside of movie news, though, we also got some interesting news. There is going to be there. There there have been giant attack on Titan manga created. They're they're literally massive. I urge you to go look at these stories. This comes from these pictures. This comes from Kotaku from Brian Ashcraft that Kadansha is releasing a huge compilation of the first and second installments of Attack on Titan. The 96-page jumbo manga measures over 3 feet high and weighs a whopping 30 pounds. 100 of these will be available for purchase through Kodansha's online store, with each costing a cool 150,000 yen. That must be from the from the article. Uh, unless you added that, Steve, that cool 150,000 yen, which costs about uh, 1,398 US dollars, tax not included. The goal is to sell all copies so that it can claim the title of world's largest published manga, a record currently held by Brazilian comic Terma de Monica. Get out of here, Terma de Monica. You can't compete against Attack on Titan. Biden. I need one of these. There's only a hundred of these, Joe. I need my $1,400. I need to send it over to Kadansha immediately. I need to have a giant 30-pound Attack on Titan manga panel that is going to take up our entire living room. I love how, you know, people usually buy art books for their coffee table. This is big enough to be the coffee table. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. I mean, you you look at these pictures, and it's high quality. They've got the they've got this shot. And they literally they advertise this by literally bringing in this Japanese woman to stand next to the manga and lie down next to the manga to really show the scale of this thing. It is huge. It is literally as tall as she is, and it is good quality though. It doesn't look like any of the quality of the artwork has been lost by blowing it up to such an obscene size. You know, I will tell you right now the number one main danger. Just look at that second photo with her turning the page. Given the, the how big the sheets are, I can see someone like ripping the page because of the weight, just trying to pull it over. And then what? There's only, what, a thousand of these? You can't get another one. You can't get it repaired. Kadanchi's going to get your money. They're not going to get repaired for you. They're going to be laughing to the bank. Don't rip it. Don't open this up. That sounds... You just got to be careful, Steve. Like, that's that's a rookie mistake right there. That'd be like somebody saying, like, 
Oh, you buy figurines. You you got to be careful with that. You can't if you bend the leg one way, the joint's gonna fall off. You can't get another one of those. But you don't. You haven't broken any of your figurines. Shut up. I have. <laughs> well, so yeah, except for that one you scru- you scuffed. But that again, rookie mistake. You obviously don't care. Paid about the price. Very much. How to buy a new one? How to get a new Asana? Because she was originally number one on our waifu watch. I mean, it's justified. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, like, again, if you're going to you, – you know what you're purchasing. If you're purchasing this collector's item, just be careful. Don't get any coffee stains on it either. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Come on, Joe. Come on. Get me this $1,400. Listen, if you do buy it, then I will invest my Biden bucks into all of these high-quality quintessential quintuplets figures. Get one of each – Line them up and they just stare at them lovingly. That's it, really. We we are exactly why the government doesn't want to pass these fourteen hundred dollar <laughs> checks. These fucking idiots over here buying giant manga and, and waifu figurines. They're like, yeah, no, we're not passing this money. We're not. We are not giving the American buy, public buy some Goodyear tires. Invest it back into the American economy. <laughs> Oh man, oh man. Well, that that could be a while off when we get that money. But what is not a while off is a little bit of a game. We got a game action. Go move, moving over to topic of the show. Got a little game recently. The new anime for the spring have been dropping, and one of them, which has dropped, is titled full dive colon this ultimate next gen full dive rpg is even shittier than real life exclamation mark and wow i cannot think of a longer title for an anime and also really hitting the nose of what it probably is about um and with that I wanted to actually play a game with you to tell if some of these anime titles I have brought to the podcast are real or fake. Now, I will give you a few um, ground rules. So, I think this is, I think it's also important to know that I feel like there's certain flavors when it comes to anime titles that you probably see. You do see sometimes an anime title, and it's the English one. And it makes kind of sense, such as Attack on Titan. You know, when you look at that, it's like, well, wait, is that on Titan? Uh, the first thing, when I first heard it, I'm like, wait, Titan? You mean the nep- the planet, uh, the moon of Neptune, Titan? No, it's not. So sometimes they're just translating to straight English. Uh, sometimes they just keep the Japanese name. We've seen that very often. And then sometimes the name is translated in English and is made, um, is rearranged to make sense. That's usually the most common one. But you do have some which are like, no, just give me the direct translation. Is it wrong to pick up girls in the dungeon? Sure. Don't change a damn thing. We're going to call it that. So with that, I brought a few here for you and... So either either they're fake or real and we and for the real ones i can go into more detail of what they're about so joe are you ready these this is the problem and honestly i retire from anime 
These titles are a problem, they are an issue that we need to fix. The ultimate next-gen full-dive RPG is even shittier than real life? Come on. Come on. You can call it anything. Why did it have to be 15 words long? What is this? And it's, you know what? It's all these damn isekai too, Steve. It's all of them. Is this really an isekai? I feel like, I know it, it, the first thing that comes up is, of course, oh, is this like... Name me... Sword Art Online. But I feel like no one's trapped in this world. They just, this boy, it's like, oh man... VMO RPGs are real and actually they suck. Every title that is longer than like three or four words is a light novel isekai. I guarantee you, prove me wrong. Hidden dungeon only I can enter. The cautious hero, the hero is overpowered but overly cautious. Yes, that is a title. Do you do what? Do you love my mom and her plus two uh, magic? Her, her multi hit like, combo attacks, sir. Get the name right. I mean, even even Kanasuba, people shorten it to Kanasuba, but the full title of that is what? Kanasuba, God's blessing on this magical world or something like that. At least they have a quick moniker with that. Give them some credit. They thought ahead. All right, Steve, take me on a journey. What'd you come up with here? The first one I have up here, you tell me if this is real or fake. The last potato. Not long enough. That's fake. It is fake. It is fake. The last potato is made up. The next one. Mobile Suit Gundam. Colon. Unicorn. I think that's real. I've heard, that I've heard of that. That is real. Yeah. Yes. Mobile Suit Gundam original run was from February 2007 to August 2009. It is actually one of the earlier ones and was the first Gundam series to air on TV. Asha. And since the Gundam X, which ended in 1996, is an anime adaptation produced by Sunrise as a seven-episode original anime. So it was pretty short. But Gundam, Gundam Unicorn does exist. The next one. Problem children are coming from another world, aren't they? Question mark. <laughs> that has to be. That's real. That's got to be real. Tell that me more is about real. that. What, just a bunch of <laughs> bunch of freaking juvenile delinquents get transported to another world. Is that what's going on? Like a like a little uh, yakuza gang getting transported. This is actually pretty recent. From 2011 to 2015, three children, Sakamaki, Kudo, and Kasukube, live dull lives because they possess unmatched psychic powers, as we all do. One day, they receive an envelope that transports them to Little Garden, a place of supernatural powers called Gifts. There, residents can use gifts to play high-stakes games known as the gift games. So as in order to earn <laughs> no, wood, no, as gift games stop. to earn wealth and prestige <laughs> for their communities. So the three children join the fallen no-name community to resolve and help and regain its prosperity. As they learn more about the little garden, they decide to overthrow the tyrannical Whoa. demon lords. Yeah. Whoa. Are they doing it by playing gift games? Is that how they're overthrowing these they're people? Pl- I think they're just going to be, you know, singing to them from what I can see. We got a bunny girl on the cover. I think they're going to be singing and dancing their way to the gift games. Tell me more about this bunny girl. <laughs> 
my god. Uh, well, it just looks like like the rascal bunny girl t- type. You know, it's in a bunny suit or something. But yes, that is real. All right, man. Yeah, get out there, play those gift games, save the world, earn your town a name. And next one, sounds I ha- awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna watch. I'm it just gonna comes. shit on all these shows and then go watch an episode of Hidden Dungeon. <laughs> Only I can enter because I'm a trash human being. Come to me. I'll give you the good episodes. The next one I have up here, Fairy Sisters Hack and Slash. That that is that's a toughie. That's a toughie. I don't think you would have put three real ones in a row. I'm going fake. It is fake. Fairy okay. Sisters yeah. Hack and Slash is fake. I can see that show though. That's a that's a good one. That's that's the last potato. You know that's I can that that's a I can that's not no that's not an anime. But this one fairy fairy sisters hack and slash. I can see that. That's a fifteen minute short. It is not a full, it's not a full length, but I see it akin to being something like Peter Grill from last year, where Ooh, like it's yeah. fifteen minute shorts. I, there's definitely a lot of sex stuff happening in that show, um, but like they're they're getting into fights. The sisters are like the most powerful people in the world, but like they have lucky lecher lures, and so when they get into fights, they also lose all their clothes or something like that. I can that's a show I can see, and we could we should make it. We need more shows like. I don't want to say like Peter Grill because Peter Grill is a bad show, but more shows willing to say, you know what? This is 12 minutes long. Each episode's 12 minutes long because for Peter Grill, it really did keep a tight focus for each episode. They all sucked, but they did have a focus for each one. We need more shows. So you're saying we need more shows like One Room is what we need. Of course we got to go into One Room. When are we ranking all those girls? Hey, that show. Wow, yeah. That, <laughs> that, could be an epi- that could be an episode too. That show has made it past three seasons now. 100, 100 episodes. Sky's the limit. Let's go, baby. <laughs> the next show I have for you, Classroom Restaurant of Doom. Sure. That's real, it, sure. It is fake. That is made oh, up. Okay. Classroom restaurant of doom. Wanted to get like an assassination classroom right there, but no, that that does not exist. But again, one that I can see. You're right. It definitely has some assassination classroom vibes to it. Love that show. Love assassination classroom. Um, but again, I can see it. I can see. I can totally see an anime where it is a school where all the kids have to learn to come cook. And it's a death game at the same time. You don't make your you. They have they have like tournament battles and literally kill the kids afterwards. Like I can see that. <laughs> so basically, like Food Wars, except if you if you lose, you're actually going to be like stabbed by Gordon Ramsay. Essentially, yeah. I want to see I want to see Food Wars meets uh, Danganronpa. That's what I want. I want to see Food Wars meets Yu-Gi-Oh, but the manga version where people were getting killed and stabbed all the time. Yu-Gi-Oh used to be a lot is a lot darker in the manga. Yeah, isn't. Remind me, food wars. Are they not like summoning food food monster? What? <laughs> what? Not? Have you seen any of food wars? At I've all? seen the one scene that everybody talks about where the I think it's in the first episode where the girl eats the food and literally has like an orgasm. Well, um, I hate to break it to you, that happens every single episode essentially. Oh, okay. And uh, what am I thinking of? There is a show. That I watched on the Fox Box back in the well, day. The this Fox is, Box. Yeah, this is of course the same. I think I've mentioned it before. This is of course the same 
place where I watched Shaman King originally. It's also where I watched Ultimate Muscle originally. And there, there was a show where you summoned food monsters and made them fight each other. I'm figuring this out. Is this Veggie right Tales? <laughs> it is not Veggie Tales. <laughs> it is. Here we go, baby. I found it. It all took all of two seconds. It is fighting foodons. Fight, fighting foodons. <laughs> fighting, fighting foodons. How do you, how you spell that last one? Food, F-O-O-D, and then ons, O-N-S, foodons, our kids, fighting foodons. This is the reason why our kids are bad at English right here. <laughs> so this, yes, this was on the Fox box, 26 episodes. I, I remember watching this, and I'll be honest, I've always kind of thought Food Wars was like this show. It all started some years ago when a culinary-confused king asked a question to his chefs. Which would be stronger, tofu surprise or stuffed duck? The king's chefs thought the king had gone a little too heavy on the nutmeg. One mysterious chef knew what the king was talking about and presented him with magical cards called meal tickets, which turned the food into monsters called fighting foodons. Since that day, regular food recipes have been turned into foodons when the art of culinary combat is concocted. Yeah, this sounds like Food Wars. You're right. So they do? So they do fight? With well, food? no, like the food doesn't isn't sentient, but they fight. <laughs> okay. No, no. I mean, some of the the overall arcing themes sound from is familiar, but no. I mean, you they're ba- it's basically cook-offs, except, you know, the would you be surprised if I told you that the entire political world is at stake? With people cooking food and food wars. Good. Yeah. But no, I I did always think until literally this podcast episode, you are hearing it live, people. I always thought food wars, sentient food. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe uh, Soma, the main character, maybe he dreams of food being alive and sentient. But uh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Next one I have on here, I can't understand what my husband is saying please tell me that's real because i have to know what it's about (laughs) that is real and i've actually seen this uh the series centers around the daily lives of karu a hard-working office lady and her husband hajime who is an otaku an obsessed fan of anime and manga culture who works as a blogger using popular anime and uh, otaku tropes and in-jokes the characters explore conflicts and similarities between daily life and otaku culture in urban japan the woody dialogue accentuates the animation and sometimes slips into manzai style humor that actually sounds good that is not what i was expecting from that show and that sounds actually kind of interesting it's kind of like slice of lifey oh yeah totally essentially uh it's the husband teaching her wife of you know otaku culture yeah, that's it. It's uh, it's pretty good. It uh, ran from 2014 to 2015. It's um, it's on Crunchyroll, actually, too, if you want to check it out. The next one I have here, Sergeant Frog. Oh, I know this is true. This is real. That is That real, I know. That yes. I've heard before. Heard of before. I don't really know anything about it, but... It's, it, it is essentially a, uh, a kid show. Uh, the main plot... Uh, the story focuses around steadily deteriorating conditions for Kiroro Platoon, a, a group of five fraud-like alien soldiers from planet Kiron from the Gamma planetary system. Man, kids in Japan have such 
<laughs> deteriorating conditions. Yeah, what do you mean by deteriorating conditions? The platoon's mission is to invade and conquer Earth, but fail miserably at each attempt. The platoon leader, Sergeant uh, Kiroro, is a childish incompetent, has little to no interest in conquering the planet, instead spending most of his time indulging his hobbies, which include making plastic Gundam models, watching TV, or coming up schemes to make money to indulge in his hobbies. I mean, why not? Uh, you probably seen this character, this mascot around everywhere. Yeah, yes, I have. I've, I definitely know this character. I've seen him. I think just on Crunchyroll, just scrolling through Crunchyroll. I think I've seen. Yeah, seen yeah. him. Sergeant Frog. Man, guess how many episodes there have been of Sergeant Frog? Is it higher or lower than Detective Conan, which has I think L- lower, <laughs> definitely lower. No, how many? Three hundred and fifty-eight. Wow. It's been going. This has been going. This went from two thousand four to two thousand eleven. That's like bleach almost. I don't know. Yeah, like three hundred and seventy episodes. Listen, as soon as you get past that third season, sky's the limit to the moon. Might have to watch some Sergeant Frog. Next one I have up, kiss him, not me. I could kind of go either way on this one. I'm gonna go fake though. This is real. I've seen Ooh. this too because it is a shojo. K. Shinonura, a Fujoshi, a, a female otaku who loves reading yaoi and imagining men together in romantic relationships, both fictional and real. When one of her favorite anime characters is killed off, K. is so shocked that she locks herself in a her room for a whole week. I mean, I've done the same too. I understand. When she eventually comes out, she discovers she has lost a lot of weight. Whoa, she becomes God. a beautiful girl oh, and God. catches the eye of four boys at her school. Despite learning about Kay's bizarre tendencies, the four boys, along with the other Fujoshi named uh, Shima Nishihina, all fall for Kay and begin competing for each other's affection, much to Kay's frustration, as she wants them to fall in love with each other. Yes, the premise itself, I feel, is a little... Um, sexist? I don't know. S- sexist, I guess you could say? A little bit, but... You know, I thought the the pre- I was more interested in re- honestly the just the premise of boys falling in love with a girl, and she's like, I don't have, I don't want to do anything with you. I want you all to love with each other. Oh, that I like. I just didn't like the setup. Yeah, I didn't like. Okay. The, I just didn't like the setup of it. How we got there, but you know, it's like that's what it is. Interesting. Where does it? Where does that rank? Where is that on the shoujo list for Steve? Um, that is. Probably a good six out of ten. It it's fine. Okay. Okay. There's so many other better ones. Which shoujo character you said you you've locked yourself in a room before? Which shoujo character did you lock yourself in your room for a week for, Steve? I mean, I wouldn't call it. I mean, it may be a shoujo or drama, but is there any other answer than? Oh man, I don't even want to say it. I mean, is it spoilers? I think I know. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about, though. I just not based off of that reaction. I think I know what you're talking about. Is there a month in the title of there the show? There is a month in the title <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Do that with you will, readers. Um, and other than that, it is on our best boy list, the show itself. It is mentioned because we had to talk about it during, you know, the spoilers. But, um, yeah. The show's like 10 years old at this point. Yeah, but, I mean, I cried. I'll admit it. Oh, God. Yes, yes. I almost don't even know if that's a spoiler because – you know for so long in the show that that's what's coming. Honestly, from I feel like pretty early on, 
but but doesn't lessen how hard it how hard it hits you. Yeah, I mean, should we just say it? No, we both know. We we get it. People can figure it out. If you okay. really want to figure it out, you'll figure it out. There's a month in the title, people. Look look up some anime with months in the title. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. I mean, that's like the first one that came to mind. They're going to be like, what? Why did it? March comes in like a lot? <laughs> <laughs> did someone die in that? <laughs> I, I doubt it, right? Um, Some people are on death's door. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. The last one I have here is Behind the Silent Window. Again, I, I want that to be real because I want to know what it's about. Sorry, it is fake. I, that's no. say it is fake. Want to go a silent voice. Behind the Silent Window does not exist, but we can make it, Joe. We can make it. Behind the Silent Window. I'm seeing, honestly, like that's the title of a Junji Ito short story. I'm thinking horror on that one. Whoa, okay. I was thinking of something romantic, but... All right. That's just where our two minds go, Steve. <laughs> two different minds of anime right there. But yeah, that is all of the anime I wanted to bring up and some of the ridiculous titles. I mean, there are so many out there. But thank you for indulging and, you know, how long it took me to come up with some of these weird names. Absolutely. But again, none of those were as ridiculous as this ultimate next-gen full-dive RPG is even shittier than real life. Get out of here. Stop naming your light novels like that. Stop it, okay? You know they make more money than us in an entire year. Oh, my God, they make so or much money. Or in a day. They make, they, make, they make so much <laughs> they money. They make so much money. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we have to do all along. But you know what? Maybe you got something out of this. You should uh, add all of these. Definitely check out I Can't Understand What My Husband Is Saying. Or Sergeant Frog, <laughs> or Sergeant Frog with 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 a deteriorating condition, which is apparently a which is apparently a long running classic. So maybe give it maybe give it a few episodes. We'll see. Well, Steve, that was a fun game. Thank you for bringing that. Thank you, thank you very much for bringing that. But I think it's time. We must go to the Wheel of Fate. Oh yeah, we're going to the Wheel of. Fate. If you are not familiar with this segment, we've been told that there is no good place to start the Fate series. We took that way too literally, and I've never seen actually any Fate before, before starting this podcast. And each and every week, we roll a random movie, episode of show, short, random teaching uh, item to how, you, how to actually play Fate Go. You name it, I got it, and we talk it out for our amusement. And this week... We rolled the original Fate Stay Fate Stay Night, not a limited Blade Works, the original one from 2006, episode 23 at the very end. The penultimate episode. So yes, for context for people who don't know, this is the original Fate Stay Night adaptation which comes from the original visual novel which we have spoken about so much we've spoke we've seen things from Unlimited Blade Works, which is the second route where you romance Rin. We have talked about the Heaven's Feel movies that we have watched. That is the third route in the visual novel where you romance Sakura. And then this one covers the Fate route, which is the first one, which I'm actually unfamiliar with as as far as what actually happens in this. We'll get to that in just a second, Steve. Okay, okay. But with that, my first takeaway is Wow, this animation was so early 2000s or late 90s. Wow. Those those character eyes, that those face facial structures. 
I was what the first thing you see is Gilgamesh, and I'm like, whoa, okay, we're into we're into this now. Very mid thousands. Yes, these character models look quite a bit different than what we're used to from Ufotable and from people who have kind of picked up the mantle after Ufotable. Yeah, definitely looks very mid thousands. That was my first thought because yeah, you see that you kind of see like a preview or a recap from a previous episode. It felt very mid thousands. The opening is like super mid thousands, sort of Japanese pop song. Um, but yeah, giant eyes, even bigger than normal than usual fake character eyes, which are you know sort of typical anime giant eyes. So these are even bigger. It looks very mid-thousands. Almost reminded me of, I, I thought they, they, they were like, almost had some Clamp, of course, Clamp. Yeah, doing yeah, the, yeah. Who did like character designs for Code Geass, and then of course all sorts of manga that they've written as well. They have a very specific style. This, this I felt, this reminded me of that. Yeah, I, I just, I couldn't get past the fa- faces because I feel like there wasn't a lot of, detail in them which i know is kind of weird saying about anime characters as i say that out loud but do you know what i mean like it just seemed like they were pretty at the same time flat but very jagged i just couldn't get past the eyes they were so like i don't i don't know i i don't want to say like pointy but they really were I kind of get what you're saying. I think the animation was a little flatter, certainly than what we're used to with from coming from Uvotable, of course, who is just like gods to the nth degree beautiful animation. But even for the time, because I was thinking like this came out in 2006. What else kind of came out in 2006? Code Geass came out in 2006. And... I get what you're saying. I think, you know, the animation for Code Geass, I think, feels a lot more alive. But I, I like that jagged. I, I really like the jagged style from, like, the mid-thousands and the late 90s. It just has sort of a crunchier feel to it than sort of the smoother animation we get now, which I also love. But, yeah, I thought I, I, I thought it worked. And I, I actually kind of really liked this episode, which can cycle us back around, Steve, on what I've been watching Steve, I defy the wheel of fate. You are not allowed to defy the wheel of fate. I defy the wheel. Of, it's too late. Steve. Do you know what the punishment? Yeah, I think I. I, I well, there's a punishment for that. Is there a punishment for that? What is the Holy Grail gonna do to me, Steve? Because guess what? You know what I did last night when I finished watching episode twenty-three. Don't you? I dare booted say it. up episode one, Steve, and then today while I was eating dinner before I had to do a little work. I watched episodes two and three, Steve. I'm three episodes into the original Fate Stay Night, and I like it, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm enjoying it, and I want to see what's going on in this Fate route where Saber's the most important character. Give it to me, Studio Dean. Give it to me. So guess what, Steve? I'm watching it. I demand satisfaction, sir. What do you? What is What is it? What's the punishment? I, th- I think I should get a free hand in our waifu watch then. A free, like an extra choice i think i should get extra allowance of where i get to place the character uh, i don't know about that Whoa. i don't know about i don't know about that you are breaking the wheel of fate first of all this not was accept- not first of all this was not discussed beforehand in fact i almost have sort of broached broached this topic before by asking if i'm allowed to watch the heavens feel part three movie and you said i've seen enough fate that like I know what I'm doing, you know? So 
I, I, this was again, this was not discussed beforehand. Again, I'll, I'll let you throw another choice out there, maybe, or some other punishment. But I don't know, man, because I can't have you coming in. I can't have you coming in here, and you're, you're gonna throw some trash shoujo character on you. You're gonna come in here with like trash. Yeah, you're gonna character. come in here with one of these freaking. I, romantic I comedy res- snafu characters and be like How number one you? above Misato. Yuki Hino is an angel and deserves the world. We'll see. I don't. I don't know if I. Okay. You know what? I could give you. I could honestly. I could give you more allowance on the best boy list. <laughs> 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 wow, wow, you don't care about the boy it's the girls where you draw the line. But tell tell me, how are you um how was the first episode? Well, no, we should talk about this episode. What what am I saying? So let's talk about episode 23. What were your thoughts on episode 23? 23. So, it is essentially the climax of where we have uh Saber and Shiro going to fight Kurimine and Gilgamesh. They are really the only surviving people left. I think everyone else is dead. Um, and trying to stop Kodamine from essentially summoning the Holy Grail from Ilya and um, gaining a wish. First off, did not know or expect that Rin gets like stabbed by Kodamine and is like bleeding on the ground. First off, pretty graphic. I was not expecting that type of graphicness from this type of show. I was expecting her to be like knocked out or something, but. There's a lot of blood, and she is barely holding on. Oh, yeah. I was very surprised by that as well. Fate always has been pretty gory. I mean, we saw the ep- – But this show. But this I mean, show. I didn't expect material, it. I don't know. Because um, we've seen – it's the same you know, story as Unlimited Blade Works. Didn't we watch the episode of Unlimited Blade Works where Ilya gets her uh, yeah, freaking eyes yeah. gouged Yeah, out? but I feel like – but I feel like just the animation back, backs it up. I just did not expect it from this show. Sure. Sure, I I like it, and I, and honestly, this that's kind of what I've been digging about. Kind of the earlier episodes that I've already watched as well, where I'm where it, I like that it has a really sort of like dark gothic sort of tone to it. So far, I've heard that it gets a little bit too comedy haha in like the middle of the show, and then the ending. I I hear the ending does kind of bring it home. So I think we saw some of the best parts of it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was I thought it was cool. I don't think it was great because it obviously was, you know, made in 2006 by Studio Dean, who not to shit on Studio Dean, but they, of course, also did the Unlimited Blade Works movie we watched. And, you know, the animation wasn't as good as other Fate stuff we've watched, but I thought it was serviceable. The fights didn't look great, but like I thought it, I thought it worked and I kind of dug it. With that, too, while, while before we go from... um. Rin, she pulls out a dagger to give to Shiro. Did you, like, I couldn't figure, because it looks like she's reaching into her pocket, and she pulls out this dagger, and I'm like, where did that come from? I wasn't sure if it came from behind or from literally her pocket. You raised I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was behind her back. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's hard because of the shadowing, but I feel like she was just reaching it to her pocket. I'm like, whoa, okay, where did that come from? I know it has. I'll let you know when I get to that episode again. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, it's interesting how the animation sometimes, the fighting animation I'm talking about, went from okay to surprisingly good. 
Um, especially some of the fighting and dueling between Gilgamesh and uh, Saber. Uh, I thought Gilgamesh's, he always has this thing where he's like summoning swords from behind him. That didn't look as impressive in this one, but I think it's just the art style, the chosen art, the chosen art style they're going with. But overall, I'd give this, I'd give this episode a thumbs up. I didn't think, I think it was pretty good. We're clearly seeing, yeah, we were clearly seeing the best part of this show, which is maybe a little bit of a, of a handicap to it. But yeah, it was enough for me to be like, you know what? I've I've always thought about watching this because I've always been curious how the fate route differs, especially because that's the one where he I don't know if he romances Saber, but I'm assuming he romances Saber since the other two. He has yeah, to. since the other two. He, he has to because he's always like, if I do this, then Saber's going to disappear. Remember all these fun times we went to an aquarium together. Exactly. Yeah, we did get all those flashbacks. I'm just going off of the fact that because in Unlimited Blade Works you romance Rin, and in Heaven's Feel you romance Sakura. I'm just assuming this is also a romance path. But I'm I've always been curious how that's handled because I don't really see. I like Saber as a character. I think Saber has super interesting arcs in Fate Zero and Unlimited Blade Works. But I don't know, especially with Emiya. She can do better than Emmy, but so can Rin. So can Rin, I guess. I mean, Lance Sakura. Sakura's fine. Lancer is better than Emmya completely. Oh, and they they flirted up for sure. I know Rin and Lancer. Yeah, I know. Oh, I meant Saber and Lancer. I haven't really seen that. Maybe have I not seen that uh, those episodes enough? Not really. I think. Did we watch the part of Unlimited Blade Works where they fight? Um, Maybe just in the movie. I think just, I think it was just in the the recap movie. He's playful. Yeah, he's playful with her. He's playful with her for sure. The 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 Lancer character is always a little bit of the the roguish vagabond. A little bit. He's he's kind of flirting with everybody. I will say, probably a terrible episode to start the Fate series. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because you have no idea what's happening at all. We got, a, we got an angry priest trying to kill a child. You got Ilya being strung up with all this dark energy coming out of her. Yeah, you walk in on Rin dying on the floor. Who knows, man? I'm excited to see where this where this differs. Because so far in the early episodes, it's all been the same so far. I think I just reached the divergence point. I just reached the part where they go after... He summons Saber. They go to the church to talk to Kotamine. That's kind of what's in all of the routes. That's how Heaven's Feel started, and then it also happens in Unlimited Blade Works. So I think this is where it's going to start to start to die. But that's the first three episodes. The first three episodes, I was like, oh wow, this is all the same. This is all I, I how, already know. How dare you? Hey man, one of us, one of us has to. And I'm I. The more I watch, I just got to say it. Kotamine might be like the best character in all of anime. He's up there for oh, sure. Not that he's ever not that he's ever anime. Dude, you gotta watch Bite Fate your Zero, tongue. man. You gotta I've watch seen Fate, Fate Zero, Zero two episodes of it. You saw a really good Kotamine episode from Fate Zero. Yeah, he's okay. Oh my god. You gotta you gotta watch all of it. And honestly, so far, this show is doing the most callbacks to stuff that is from Fate Zero. Even though Fate Zero didn't exist when this show came out. I think that came out in like 2010, 2011. But yeah, this one is doing the most callbacks and the most building off of events from Fate Zero so far. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. 
Kodamine, yes, 100% is like a top tier character. Not that he'll ever be on the best boy list, because he's certainly not one of those, but such a fascinating, phenomenally written hmm. character. I don't know. I I, I think Kiritsugu is probably going to be my, my, my main guy. Honestly, Kiritsugu up there, too. You'd, I like everything love, he's in so far. You'd love Kiritsugu. I know. He, 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 fi- he, you've been telling he fixes everything I think is wrong with uh, fate. Can't wait. But with that said, we will have to go to the Wheel of Fate to see if I am lucky enough to be able to see more of Kiritsugu's wonderfulness. So I have on my very cumbersome spreadsheet every single episode <laughs> series special movie i think we only have one movie or short actually it's like a short film essentially that we haven't seen yet and i am going to go and do a random number generator and it'll take us away so wheel of fate turn 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 let us know the episode or series we shall endure we're going to number 10 we're going to Fate Extra Last Encore. We've seen one episode of this. This was the not good one. This was not good at all. The episode we saw was... Uh, is this Umu oh, Girl? We do get our favorite Saber get, back again, though. Alex is going to be happy about that. Oh, Umu. yeah. Yeah, the last episode we saw, because they always have these dumb like Latin words, was Asteros Domus Audio, the golden theater of the deranged. We saw episode nine of that. So let me put this in. We are seeing episode three, Golden Wild Hunt, the night of the golden hind and the storm. Premiered February 11th, 2018. Not looking forward to it. But the Wheel of Fate sometimes giveth and taketh away. We're getting, we're getting Nero. <laughs> yeah, it's, was that, wait, is that Red Saber or not? It's either Red Saber or Saber of Red, Steve. Or Saber, oh my god. <laughs> but she is, is but doing? she is Nero. She is Nero. Did she go crazy? No, she's actually because I played her I've played her arc in Fate Go. She's pretty, she's Nero pretty goes on top crazy. of it. She's pretty cool. She's pretty she's pretty honorable. When does she like, you know, uh jam out on a harp while Rome's burning? Might not happen. Maybe fate changes it, you know? I guess we saw it a little bit in the Fate Last Encore episode that we watched. We saw some of her flashbacks to kind of watching Rome burn. Please watch with us. We'll be watching Fate Last Encore. We hardly knew ye. And we'll be talking about it next week on the Wheel of Fate. But for now, we must, of course, come to our ever-rotating character ranking lists of the Waifu Watch and the Best Boy Bulletin, where every week one of us brings a character from either list for the perusal and we must of course place them on the definitive ranking of best girls and best boys steve who do you have for me what if i told you i was bringing god to this ranking what would you say we already she's already on this list misato katsuragi is number one I mean, it's true. Misato Kasaragi is our number one. But no, I am bringing actually Haruhi Suzumiya to this list. Now, I know you haven't watched The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which I honestly think you would like. What makes this show interesting is Haruhi herself. Haruhi, uh, unknown to her, is essentially God. She has the ability to change, destroy, and reshape reality. And essentially... 
if it said if she became bored enough, the entire world will change. The whole crux of this show, Joe, I think you would like, is essentially her best friend, Keon, um, trying to make sure that she doesn't uh, dream up, like daydream, essentially, and change the world. For example, they get into a lot of weird hijinks, such as when um, they go on vacation um, she thinks it's pretty lackluster and boring and wishes there were a murder mystery would, uh, spice up. Someone actually dies in the, uh, the, you know, the mansion and they're like, oh my God, we actually have to re like reverse this. How, how could you do this? But the thing is that they can't let her know that she's God because who knows what would happen if she's like, oh, by the way, uh, schoolgirl, you can actually do anything you want. So Haruhi herself Famous for the uh, Haruhi Susan Mia dance, which if you've gone to any cons, you see a lot of people doing that. She has boundless energy and co and confidence that, has, uh, that needs a continuous need for an outlet. Um, she's driven primarily for her desire to live an extraordinary life. She loves being the center of attention and is blunt and b bossy. Um, at times, she can be insensitive and a a bully. However. When it comes to like her friends, she is willing to do anything for them and is um, very kind and wants to live a normal life at times with Keon. Um, she is um, best friends with uh, the rest of her gang of people, Yuki, who is a essentially a robot sent from the future to try and keep tabs on her. Mikuru, who is a time traveler, also sent from the future to make sure, to keep an eye on her and make sure she doesn't do anything crazy. And Itsuki, who is essentially an esper, who also is sent. Kion is the only normal one who kind of like understands uh, her and tries to keep her in you know ground level. She um, also is part of, or actually, she's the leader of the SOS Brigade, which is the after school program that they have set up for her to kind of tame her indulgence and in all the crazy things that she likes to um, perceive. Uh, bottom line, she is a great and fun character. Um, she has a very cute relationship, I think, with Keon. Um, she is at times, um, yeah, I, I think as the biography says, a little bossy. At times, I think I think almost she's like a classic uh, sundere when it comes to that. However, when you know she needs to be serious and kind of be more down to earth, it really shows because given that her character is always, you always think she's gonna be this type of like you know very uh, goofy silly character. When it actually comes to serious moments, like hey, we have to we have a problem, we have to fix this, um, she's very endearing. Um, so with that, I will allow it. What do you think of Haruhi Suzumi? I've talked about her a few times. You have, and this is a show I've started. It's always been a little bit on my radar. I, I do want to watch it someday, just like all these other shows that I, that I do want to watch this. This should probably move a little higher on my list though. I, I, I think it sounds really awesome. And she is from what I've always seen and from, from what I've always heard. Yes. A very endearing character, very sweet, sort of your very sort of uh, prototypical seeming sort of like peppy schoolgirl protagonist sort of character. 
which maybe you're not going to like, but I feel like that puts her down kind of near Kagome. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was looking at the bottom half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair so enough. I, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. Um, because there are just so many strong characters at the top. That's the thing. Well, no one. No, you're not getting near Oscar Langley Soyu. I was gonna. I was just gonna ask. I mean, I know that these are these are this is a beloved series, and people like. I remember when they just announced that that new movie. People lost it. They were so excited. Is it? I mean, how deep does it go? How 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 deep of a dive do we do on this character? Do we really like go into a lot of her development, or is it? fairly surface level you do go into the deep development but the reason why is just because of the sheer amount of work that has been put into this you know show i mean you have the melancholy of haruhi suzumiya the disappearance of haruhi um you do have the disappearance of nakato yuki-chan which is the robot girl you have just so many anime and manga that i feel it's the sheer <laughs> you know, amount of works that she's in that you kind of get a really good sense of what she is. And besides, what other character can actually put as a title as God? The disappearance of Harvey Susan Mia, 162 minutes long. Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah, but that's like, that's almost three hours long, Steve. I mean, this is, remember, the show which had the balls to have eight episodes essentially the same, the endless eight where she never, she wishes that summer break would never end, and she gets that wish, and they actually put that on television, of eight episodes where each one is slightly different, and at the very end, Keon realizes, wait a second, we're in a time loop, we have to figure out a way to get out of this, but then he wakes up again, it's the same thing. That's again. awesome. That's awesome. I I'm just yeah, it's I'm great. just it's great. Sh- I got again, it, it just. What you just said, and then also the fact that the movie is almost three hours long. Like, what else? What other anime movie gets to be three hours long? Just Evangelion. That's it. So there's got to be something going on here. I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this damn show, Steve. It's actually good in English too. I I actually do. I I do prefer it in English. It's good. In, it's good in Japanese too. But Crispin Freeman is Keon. <sighs> Love him. Oh yeah, I see that. Wendy Lee. That's a name I know. What is she? Oh, she was. Uh, oh, she's Faye in Cowboy Bebop. Haruhi is also Faye in Cowboy Bebop. So that's pretty good. And then yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing Johnny Young. Let's say Johnny Young Bash. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good English cash. Yeah, great, great cast, great cast. Um, well, there you go. Maybe maybe I'll explore the dub on this one. Sam Regal. Yeah. So yeah. So okay. Well then, yeah. I I, I defer to you. I do defer to you a little bit on this one. And I uh, sure if you want a little bump from the wheel of fate. You can have a little bump to the wheel fit if you want. Uh, again, yeah, I, I I would put her down sort of in the Kagome, Sakura, you know, maybe even virgin into Vivi territory. But, yeah, I don't think she gets above Mikasa. No, I'm going to put her above Sakura. Sounds good. Above above Sakura, Kagome, too beloved, um, can't, can't beat her. So I'm going to make her, wow, ironically, the new number 11. So she doesn't make the top 10. But you know Did what? Did not make the 10. We can't always come out bangers each time again lucy from fairy tale even lower than harry suzumiya so so you know we're oh yeah oh no definitely better than than lucy i'll tell you that for everything i've seen i feel like that's a that's a that's a choice people could be upset about though steve i feel like harry that's a that's a beloved character right there i could see i could see people 
not liking that choice very much. Yeah, but Kagome and Mikasa, I mean, Mikasa's at number eight. That's the thing. I, I stand by this because, of course, to give you a rundown of the top ten to see who all beat out Haruhi Suzumiya at number 11, number one is Misato Katsuragi from Evangelion. Number two, Asuna Yuki from Sword Art Online. Number three, Shoko Nishimiya from A Silent Voice. Number four, Asuka Langley Soryu from Evangelion. Number five, Rin Tosaka from Fate Stay Night. Number six, Kalen Kazuki from Code Geass. Number seven, Riza Hakai from Full Metal Alchemist. Number eight, Mikasa Ackerman from Attack on Titan. Number nine, Nefertari Vivi from One Piece. And number ten, Kagome from Inuyasha. Number like that's a stellar that list. That is a great list. And Haruhi uh, just trying to get there, but couldn't seal the deal. Number eleven. Steve, how do you feel that there's a One Piece character in the top ten and Naruto just keeps getting shunted down? Well, that's because I haven't brought one of my favorite Naruto uh, characters to the list, and you know, one day I'll bring another. I'll bring another uh, best girl for that. That may have to give Rin Tosaka a run for her money. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Listen, no one's touching me, Sato. I'm not. I'm not no, that I, old I, enough. I, no, I, can't, <laughs> I can't see that happening ever. <laughs> no, 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 it's gonna be tough. But uh, yeah, we can dig at another mid. Uh, Middle half character, middle half one. Th- I don't know what type of number that is, but in the mid half of the top 10. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, if you'd like to reach out and be a part of the show, add someone to the Waifu Watch or the Best Boy Bulletin, you can, of course, reach out to us at weebweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, Steve, where can people find you at? You can find me at Save Cosplay on Twitter and at Save Point Cosplay on Instagram. You can actually see me. Post some photos of me just wallowing in my Japanese learning, and please don't judge me on my katakana and hiragana writing. And you can find me at Joe Reese VO on all major social media platforms. And now, of course, we come to our customary ending, which is Steve's Hot Take, where Steve gives you a hot take with zero context and zero explanation, and that is just the end of the show. So, without further ado, Steve, what's your hot take? I teased this at the very beginning, and it wasn't and Titan. I just want to say... Fuck you, Twitter. Fuck people who actually are posting literally the spoilers of the second to last chapter of Attack on Titan. No even spoiler warnings. Even from people who I, like, not random people, but people who I follow. And I already know everyone who survives and dies in the end. You ruined it for everyone. Put some spoiler tags on there, please. For the good of everyone who's enjoying Attack on Titan, good night. <laughs>